Hello everyone, welcome to the Scott Paul's Ramblin' Podcast. Hey! Hello Cloud here, joined always by Liberal, Courage and all HS or Lydgate, Paul Brown. I'm not a hate-filled person, Scott. I'm just very opinionated. And what usually there's a lot of hate and venom behind a lot of those opinions. Your silence says everything. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're back. Mm. We've just got to move on before he tries to argue. But we're here to talk, Fraser, as we... We have we do resolve it to become one of our main things on this show. Yeah, is that is that is our as we say that is our bread and butter. Very much. Wrestling and Fraser are our bread and butter. That's the foundations of which this podcast is built. With as well as rambling, those are the three ones. <laughs> our key elements are Fraser and wrestling and rambling, rambling and wrestling and Fraser. And other stuff. And other stuff. Other stuff. Fraser, rambling and wrestling. The Spanish Inquisition there for you because yeah the Monty Python oh yeah and Monty Python well yeah well we talked about Monty Python last week it's still fresh which is why the okay Spanish... and Fraser and other stuff and wrestling and Python and movies no I was <laughs> expecting a Scott and Falls Rambling podcast <laughs> but I wasn't expecting and they weren't expecting me constantly sending Nathan files of two and a bit hour podcasts so much because such a thing of my podcasting career that my podcast goes so long over the pain especially. They have the freeze recloud overtime now. <laughs> bastards. Oh, they are bastards. Bastards. But yeah, very simple. We're talking all sorts of bit controversies and shit in the last one, and we're talking about Life of Brian. It was still a fun movie to talk about and everything. But like I said, back to what we know best, back to where we're safe to. Yeah. Yeah. We've got three episodes uh, to get through here. I uh, don't know when we're going to find time to watch. And for these are again, because that's about wrestling with ideas as well as when they fit in. And Eclectic Escapades at some point in the next couple of weeks. So the actual Fraser itself, I don't know when we'll be back to it, but you have three okay episodes. Yeah, okay. I mean, we are delving into season seven. So. Yeah, yeah. They're okay kind of episodes. Two of them focus on Poppy a lot, which oh, I don't hate Poppy, but. Not a character introduction. I was. I really welcomed all that much. She could do with a with a volume control. I mean, I know the point is what she's meant to be annoying, but like, yeah, but come on, to fuck. Like, it's not really a defense of like of an annoying character. Oh, they're meant to be annoying, like, yeah, but still makes them annoying to watch. Yeah. I, I don't know about you. I I don't know where Poppy stands in the whole overall, how she's felt by the overall Fraser fan community and all that stuff. Well, I, I kind of get her because I get why she is the way she is and she's all nervy and shit, you know, so she she has this way, mm-hmm. you know. I get what you got. I'm yeah. just not as loud, mm-hmm. you know, but I get that. I, I, I get Poppy. I understand the woman and I think Fraser's a prick towards her. <laughs> but then again, I think Fraser largely in season seven does have a lot of episodes where he's a bit of a prick. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a prick in this first episode, in my opinion. Oh hell yeah! Not just a copy, but to just in general. Yeah, it's one of those generally prickish episodes. Childish little prick he is in this one. Yeah. Well, like, there are elements of these competitiveness and seriousness that we've seen. Then there are episodes like this one where I feel like they bring it out and he, and he falls back into those patterns for needless reasons. When in other times he would have he would have seen another character in those same ways and he would have rightfully told them, oh, you're being silly and all that. But Yeah. But, you know, briefly before we get into it, Paul, I know we've got a lot to, to get into here, but uh, how, are, how are you feeling in general? I'm feeling reasonable, Scott. I'm feeling reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the past weekend there, I, I just, 
I went, I braved my um, personal anxieties and went to an old concert. I, I went, I went to the Cat House in Glasgow, mm -hmm. which is kind of neutral ground for me. You know, I, I know the Cat House. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't go there with any regularity as an adult, but yeah. I, I knew the Cat House, you know. Mm -hmm. And I've been to gigs there before. It's a good, good place to go for gigs, you know what I mean? You feel good. And we, before the gig, we, myself and Brian, you know, it was myself and Brian and his brother Gordon. It was, it was cool. Shout out to Gordon, mm -hmm. amen. But, you know, we had a few drinks, you know, little puff puff, mm -hmm. you know, went into Glasgow, had another few drinks before the gig. Waited in the queue for a while. Waited in the queue for another while. Then we get in there. And I don't know if you get this, but you go into a place that has a history to you, you know what I mean? You go in, yeah. and I swear to God, we walked in, and as soon as we smelt the place, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, nostalgia, man, <laughs> you know, this place is great. And we went in, and the bands were fucking, the bands were great. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were on lager most of the night, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Brian was a love, I love him to death, he bought me a t-shirt. <laughs> and he bought himself a t-shirt from the first band that were on, Victorious, they were cool. Uh, second band on, they were really cool. The singer was wearing this fuzzy coat that I really wanted to steal off him, and I drank a lot of beer by this point. <laughs> you know, so I was like a little drunken social butterfly. Uh, I did I did go out to the smoking area and think I got someone to follow our show, mm -hmm. which was cool. I was talking to this nice lady, and I think it was her. Daughter, a daughter that was with her and I was saying, oh yeah, we do a show for Asian Wrestling. And she's like, oh, I'll, I'll follow you. And she followed us, so it's cool. Nice. And, uh, she, but, yeah. She could be listening now and what an yeah. introduction she's getting. Howdy ho. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was a great night and I got that, you know that special kind of drunk you get where you have not one, not two, but three separate bouts of hiccups. <laughs> yeah. I don't usually quantify a drunkenness in terms of hiccups like you, but maybe I will. In oh no, I was I was at the gig. Hiccups wouldn't go away. We finally went away, so I I went fuck it. I will drink more beer. That's mm -hmm. cool. And then I got hiccups again. They wouldn't go away. And then at the end of the night, when myself and Brian were going home, relatively pissed <laughs> after having a good night, I had hiccups on the bus. So. In the evening, we got off the one in Clydebank, which was desolate. It was dead, nearly. It was like in between, you know, what kind of in between midnight and one yeah. kind of thing. So, and I'm sitting on the ground at the bus stop at Clydebank, rocking, holding my breath in my nose, going, hiccups, go away, go away, hiccups. And then we went away just before the bus showed up. Mm -hmm. But it was a great evening, you know, and. Just the other day, my mother I, mean, I, don't, I don't think the guy, if you started taking him on the bus, I don't think, you know, was that a Saturday or a Friday? Oh, it was Saturday. I was going to say, a man, one of the last buses on a Saturday, I think hiccuping is a welcome break for a Glasgow-based taxi uh, bus driver. Oh, yeah, no, but they were annoying the crap out of me. And also the other day, my, my wonderful mother, she went and phoned me up and she said, I got a surprise for you. Yeah. And I was like, why is this a surprise? This is something cool. Well, 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 well,
That's probably why I didn't see it. But yeah, so. she was a, she's a wonderful, awesome mother, and she gave me she got me a brand new VCR. Not 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 exactly this one, but the shape and and color. It, like I I recognize one similar to this is probably the one I might have had. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the company logo won't make you think it's not the exact one, but it's similar. Yeah, but no, I I got a a new VCR, so my mum is awesome and. The first tape I watched in it. Oh, you've got it working already, hooked up and everything. Oh yeah, it's all good. It's ready to go. The first tape I watched in it because you know I'm with a new machine. I'm like, I don't want to put mine in my collection in there. Yeah. Not until I know. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, because before I had found the guy on eBay selling the bulk lot of best of raw tapes. Ah, you had some. Spares. I had I had some doublers. Mm-hmm. So the first tape that I successfully mm-hmm. watched on that machine was Best of Raw Volume Four. Any reason you chose that, or did you just pick one at random? Half and half. Yeah. I picked one at random, and then I looked at the matches on it, and I went, ooh, that's the one where Bret Hart gets hit in the head by Stone Cold just after he wins at Final Four. Ah. So I was yeah. like, good, that'll be fun to watch, because I don't like Bret Hart. It's fun to watch him lose. So I assume then, you know, you're happy with how everything is Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A great, a great gig. I had no mental negatives, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was all good. I've got a new VCR. Yeah, I've been I've been feeling pretty a okay this week. Well, that's good. You know, pretty a okay. What about yourself, Scott? How about you? I'm happy, honestly. You and I talk a lot uh, off air, you know, being signing boards for each other's own personal shit and anxiety yeah. and stuff like that. And I and we've we've hung out in the years since we started. We very rarely hang out. Well, we, when we hang out outside of recording, it's mostly me coming up here again. It was very rare time we went out elsewhere. We did it one time and I got the sense during that time that you were you did feel very anxious about it and I felt bad for you. But like Where did we go? We went to the, we went to the pub down the road to Golden Hill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you were nice. You you bought me food. I did. Well, I think no offence, but I wasn't expecting you to buy it. <laughs> no, that's cool. I will buy it next time. Sure. I will so I can buy you food. I'm just I'm just saying I like I'm Oh, not... I will take you to the shop right now and buy you a bag of crisps. I don't eat crisps, you know that. Okay, what, kind take... of, what kind of friend are you? Don't I'll... even know me. I will take you to the shop right now and buy you a bag of sweeties. Don't tempt me. <laughs> but uh you know, I am happy that you're taking positive steps because I would like I think it would be cool for us to hang out in other outside situations, you know. Yes. But that I don't enjoy getting hang out, okay, getting hang out okay. here as well. I've got it, I've got it. We'll open the curtain and hang out of the window. I'd rather not we'll have fresh air. We can go <sighs> Wasn't that a fun activity? So that's exactly how I expected faithfully to smell like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, since you've asked, Paul, how I'm doing. I did ask. I did. You haven't told me yet. Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, good, Dad. Right. Oh, well, That woman you got to follow is turned off right now. <laughs> oh, don't say that. She was a cool woman. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take her because I said I didn't meet her. No, she was a cool woman. She she was cool. Her kid was cool. Everyone I talked to there was cool. Like I say, I got very pissed and became a little, you know, social butterfly, you know. Well, well, well Booze will do that to you. Suddenly everyone's your best pal. Yeah, I was like, ooh, I must know about you. Ooh, tell me your story. Ooh, 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 people. <laughs> you know? And I was I was, I was, was so amazed by my, my calmness. But like I say, that may have been the copious amounts, copious amounts of red stripe I had drank before. But, uh, we were recording this before, but you'll be hearing it after. Uh, it'll just past my brother's 30th birthday 
my older brother that is. Uh, the Morris News yesterday. You know, ten thirty. Originally, he wanted to like months ago. He was talking about you know, on this big, big party for East area, like kind of a fuck it. Oh, I don't want thirty now and everything, but fuck it. Let's at least enjoy, have a good time, and everything. They end up scrapping that partly through lack of value, and then you also couldn't be arsed. So mm. you thought it's a Saturday, but we're going to go all out for dinner on a Sunday. We might do something also on the Saturday, like regular cinema on the Saturday. Ooh, anything particularly might go see? Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like Volume Three. I've heard that that uh, film series is actually pretty decent. Oh yeah, that's the one that Batista was Batista, in his tracks, right? He says said he's uh, he's pretty much done after that. Yeah, right? yeah, he's very thankful for like ga- Galaxy giving him the big break in the acting that he wanted to go because that was his first real big part, wasn't it? His tracks. Yeah, we well, done other things, but like not to that level. And I think like he came back for that run in twenty fourteen. And then went away to go help start promoting it because it was about to come out. And I think still quite a few people weren't entirely sure it was going to be success it was. And people thought, all right, well, yeah, we'll came, see how that goes. He came back for that run in 2014 and that's why he went away again. Because right. of that run in 2014. And then, he, and then he went and did it and then all of a sudden he said, Oh, I'd like to have one more match with uh, H. That's after being in two Guardians. He's been in Avengers by that point and he was in... Uh, James Bond films are like, oh yeah, please, please come back, please. Yeah, and he unfortunately could not have a match with Triple H now because Triple H is not medically no. fit for wrestling anymore. Yeah. Which but, is a shame because he was he was one of the greats. And it's weird, but he's actually started transitioning into more rather than action, going into more serious acting roles. Mm. He's doing very well. He's in that. Well, he's, he's fantastic in that Shyamalan film, that like, uh, Knock yeah, at the Cabin. Yeah. That is it. Like, a lot of people will seem to shit on that movie, yeah. but. I watched it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I really did. Mm-hmm. I really did. Like he, he's in that the sequel that, to that film. Now he's in the second one of it, and he's he's really good in that. I think part of the reason he's why I do more series is one he wants to show his acting range, and two he's like in his early fifties, so he's like yeah. getting easier to getting into shape. And for this most recent Guardians is giving more and more of a challenge as he's gotten older. Yeah. He's kind of like, come on, like, I want, I want to do a series that, like, can always be the big, the big thing, you know? And, like, also, I think because he got started out, like, late in his wrestling career, like, he was a 30 at least when he started training. Yeah. Being a little bit older, plus all the, the excess of my muscle made him very susceptible to injuries, so he's had several injuries on as well. Isn't that very similar to DDP, wasn't yeah. he? Older when he started. Yeah. But, like, also the fact that Triple H has had several injuries during his career, so... Oh, yeah, I mean, you're you're going to pack on that amount of bulk you're going to have and end up... Because I'm assuming a lot of his injuries were tears and things. Yeah, and, like, so... Well, getting into shape where he's got a deadline to be in shape by... He doesn't want to run the risk of re-aggravating any old injuries yeah. and everything, putting a potential big role at risk. Many, many times has he been the champ? Across the derby and big goals, like, six. Six? I thought it was six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, back to that thing, yeah, so we might go see it on the Saturday, we've been wanting to go see it for ages, so we might go on the Saturday, and we rather want to watch the football during the day on the Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and usually we wouldn't want to be in the town the day after one of those kind of games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're in Glasgow, you know the one I'm talking about, I don't want to talk about it, but, like, yeah, but, like, we were the big view cinema in Sydney, you know, and, like, most people after that game, whether or not they're happy or sad with the outcome, don't, they're usually poor calls to get pissed, they don't come out to the to the shopping centre to go see Guardians 3. That so, is true. So basically, like, uh, like, get on the bus, go straight into the, into the cinema, and then just go straight back again, and you'll avoid any arsenals. Avoid, avoid like, 99.9% of the pish. Yeah, because also, like, 
got that game plus the fact it's a Saturday in Glasgow and that comes with its own challenges. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some things going through on a Friday or Saturday night and I always think, wow, that people make Glasgow symbol really slowly really came back to bite them in the earth, didn't it? Oh, dear. Look, look totally, at some of these people. Totally. Glasgow, miles better. Yeah. Miles better the other way. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'd struggle to live many other places, but, you know, I think it's. I think if anyone has a right to criticise this place, it's somebody who lives there. So, fuck okay. it. And and someone who used to frequent the place, you know. I know. I know. I didn't expect us to talk this long, but I'll get. I've got a brief drinking story. It's not a recent one. It's from a, at least a year or so ago. <laughs> from your wild days. No, no, twenty twenty one actually it might be. <laughs> Maybe even yeah, twenty twenty one. But go on. But it remind you remind me about when you ran away. We talked about hiccups. Because like, I remember getting hiccups, it was after an ICW show at the barrel on the second, no, the first night. We all got very drunk. <laughs> well, we, we, we only went because we got tickets for the show in 2020. Yeah. And I kept getting delayed and finally opened up, oh, 2021, barrel lands, November, it's going to happen. Like, oh, great. <clears throat> so we all went and got pissed the first night, like it was a two-night show. We were drinking, that's where most of us were just do venoms. Nice. So we were all drinking that. And we, there was this bar, I can't remember where it was called, but it was near where the barrel lands was. We all met there, had some food, a couple of drinks. I went to the show drinking more. Yeah. And then so decided to walk back there because we thought we can catch the last orders and then organise people's transportation from there. Yeah. So we went back and it was Kevo, it was the last order thing was fairly empty. So we decided to go to the strategy, fuck it, you're having to basically <laughs> skeptical. So everybody's two drinks and I, I was just getting over some plenty of hiccups. And it was these really like kind of no like those like tumbler things is the drum with tumblers you got aye, that's like, kind of that shape of glass kind of thing yeah, that size thing I got two of them like Sarah ones really filled to the, almost to the brim and I had been doing quite a bit and I'm like I don't want to leave too much cider that much cider no <laughs> later so I'm but I don't I know we haven't much time so I'm trying to drink these two like, fairly quickly which isn't a good thing to do especially when it's at least my fifth or sixth drink of the night maybe <laughs> Anything I've had, like maybe one or two in the, there, then at least a couple during the fucking show. Yeah. One of one or at least one of them being a venom. But uh, gee, and comes back, so it comes back, and I'm trying to drink it, so that, so I'm not leaving like half a fucking thing. But like for whatever reason, because of how much I've already drank during the night, and how I'm kind of a weird feeling I'm getting in my stomach about how cold I'm getting, because like all I feel is liquid in here. <laughs> like all of a sudden these. What usually would be not a bad like amount of drink to get feels like it was like an un- unclaimable mountain. Like I cannot, I cannot possibly drink anymore. No more booze. I have no more capacity. Please, no more. It's cold. All I feel inside is coldness. <laughs> Why is there so much goddamn ice in this thing? Bloody ice! I know. I, I, it's very rare that I can. I, I've, I've had to take this stop asking for ice altogether because. Yeah, Most yeah. bars can never give you the right amount of ice. And too much or too little? Yes. Well, Usually for, too much. For me, personally, I only have ice at home Yeah. when I can. You know, I mean, I, I personally like, you know, two cubes of ice. Uh-huh. That does me. Two cubes. Mm-hmm. Not, not like a fucking tumbler or whatever filled with ice. Yes. Which is eventually going to melt and water down your goddamn drink. Mm-hmm. You know. Which ends up making it, you, it's not a major taste difference, but you notice it, you know what I mean? Especially if you're in a warm venue or some shit and you're holding on to the tumbler. Yeah. Your ice melts, it waters a goddamn drink down. 
you know, it's just a pain in the hole. People were probably wondering, what's too much Taylor? What's what's a perfect amount of ice? Three decently sized ice cubes in your drink. It's about as much as you need. At most. At most, yeah. yeah. See, Br Brian doesn't even take that. If he takes ice at all, he takes one cube of ice. Hmm. He takes one ice. Yeah, <laughs> what's funny, I think I've mentioned that on the show before, but that was a day where, like, we all got pissed the first night. Everyone slowly was really emerged from their beds the next day. And the group chat was a case of, yeah, we're not drinking. We're not. We're going on the sauce tonight. <laughs> like we all, we all, we overdid it last night. Yeah. Me and that was like I spent that. I slept to like at least half eleven. It was a Sunday. I slept to half eleven at least. I was just me and the dog for most of the day. So Dexter came in. He likely he lied next to me for a little bit. Took him his walk while feeling shit. Came back, tried to get some food in me, and I said to him like, "What did you do for people asked what did you do for?" I just lied still and watched American Dad. <laughs> I just want to lie still. I just like put on Disney Plus, chose an episode, and then just let it all play the next one and the next yeah. one and the next one. I just want to sit still for a while. Usually, usually if I have one of those oh my god hangovers, mm -hmm. I usually just stick on a documentary or something, something banal that you can just sit and look at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's also one of the rare times when I maybe game. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and you know me, I'm not. Yeah. A guy may have been back in the back in the console wars days, you know, <laughs> you know, but not so much now. But if I'm hungover or something, it's either a documentary or a kind of little game of Streets of Rage or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that game. <laughs> completed that a while ago too. Never completed that was much like Golden Axe. Never completed that when I was a kid. <laughs> I had to grow up and play it on a fucking compilation to complete that game. Uh -huh. And I finally completed it and I was like, oh my god, finally, finally I have defeated the Death Adder. Yes! <laughs> oh, there you go. And I was, and then when it, you know that sense of achievement when you finally complete a game, lasts about that long, and you go, right, well, that's that done then. Yeah. No, no, the next one. Well, that's enough of that. Bye. I remember I met with a couple of guys and McDonald's was and we were in for one or two of the others to show up and we were all sitting there and we eat, and so we all just sat down and we all had a sense of like, alright, you <laughs> feeling crap? Yeah, you can feeling crap, I'm feeling crap, yes. One of the, one of the best cure-alls for that if you have like, you know, hangover and you're outside, cook breakfast. Oh, well, we, all, we all end up going for McDonald's before the show. Ah, well, I walked to. I, I had my usual lunch out, I assume, of like some sort of Heated up sandwich with some kind of pepperoni or extra meat thing on my usual cheese sandwich and some kind of energy drink. I I I ordered McDonald's today. I ordered a, a chicken a chicken mayo sandwich. When I got when it got here, it was exactly how I wanted it to be. There was no mayo, there was no lettuce, and it had cheese on it. Yeah, I just wanted a chicken and cheese. My friend Mrs. once ordered a McDonald's on I don't know if it was Uber or some kind of online service. Uh, but they, she ordered a cheeseburger with it and they, she got everything still on it. Everything came without the, except the burger itself. Yeah. Like, it was a bun, everything on it, no burger. How does that even happen? Like, if you're a person putting that together, I mean... But surely you you don't forget the important part of the burger. I mean, I'm sure there's an order to what things are, where things are put, like burger, cheese, and I'm sure there's some order to the other stuff. I don't usually order the other stuff, right? But surely, someone, when you're being like, given the run through the kitchen and McDonald's, the one thing they don't need to teach you is 
remember the burger. <laughs> you know who we are, right? We are McDonald's. It's our, it's our whole thing. Yeah. Well, it'd be more ironic if you worked in Burger King or something like. Oh yeah, you, yeah, you worked literally in, in the name Burger King, and you forgot the burger. And like you say, like it's literally in the name, you dick. Like, did you think the person wouldn't notice? Did you think we were? Did you think we were just gonna give him a bun? Yeah. Well, you uh, it's dick. Like, I imagine they they talked down to that person like the way fucking Michael Myers did to Chris Farley. Why are you here? You are worthless. Why are you? <laughs> what? You don't belong here. Why are you even here? Because I got no place else to go. So we might go into Fraser now. Yeah. yeah. Just get places in it. Okay, we'll go to Ireland. <laughs> Alright. Season 4. So season 7, episode 4. Season yeah, you get that right before we start. Yeah. <laughs> season 7, episode 4. Uh, everyone's a critic. Opens in Fraser's booth as he's signing off the show, and Roy kind of taps him when he's to remind him of something. He goes, Ah, oh, yes, be sure to tune in later for the final broadcast of KSL Lovable mansion Chester Ludgate. It's this grumpy old man staring him through the window like, That's who you said I am. Yes. Prick. You want to keep talking like this? Might be your final broadcast. Well, I'm not old. You're your convention, though. Anyway, you know, most of us here at the HNR Surprise, hear he was retiring. I for one thought he would never leave. And then he turns into the show. And then Rod's comes through the booth. So, shall we order pizza? Sorry? The PSAs, you promised to help me with our two tomorrow. Oh gosh, Roz, I really am sorry, you know. It seems Mrs. Delafield's daughter is coming here to join us as an intern. I promised Kenny I'd show her around and take her to dinner. Oh, so while I'm working like eating my vending machine dinner, could we have a gourmet deal with some cute rich girl? Oh, you can make anything sound unfair. And then Roy's like, it's the other thing when uh, Kenny comes in with this rich girl, Poppy. And they both. <laughs> I love it in the transcript, it says here Poppy's character is. Poppy's like a character out of Clueless. Long blonde hair, dressed totally in a red girly outfit. Girly is in, a, in quotation marks, with red high heels and red handbag. And speaks in the most annoying, dizzy <laughs> accent. Clueless, for those who don't know, is a 1995 movie starring Alicia Silverstone. I've never seen it. Never seen it either. I really got annoyed because he was he went he was watching Netflix with this woman who he's no longer well he's not the woman that he's now with he's, yeah he's he's found someone better he's now engaged so. it's not it's not his beloved fiance it was no, this is when he was still looking for that, for that person the, this was the practice woman yes I mean, <laughs> this woman he, he went one or two times but he was watching Netflix with it on his account she wanted to watch Clueless so he watched the he didn't care for Clueless right, himself was he quite vocal about the fact he didn't care for Clueless no he was full over the fact that he didn't really see her after that. And because she made him watch close on his account, his recommendations were fucked for a long time oh, after that. God. Well, Rudd's in Clueless. That was in 1995. He looks the exact same in that film as he does now. Just bizarre. <laughs> well, Kenny comes in, like you say, and he's like, Hey, Doc. Hello, Kenny. And who do we have here? Dr. Fraser Crane. I'd like you to meet me, Miss Poppy Delafield. Well, gotta run. <laughs> he immediately gets to look at He has that. That withered look in his eye of someone who's like, actually had a... It's your fucking problem, though, take it. Like, tag, you're it. <laughs> so he has that, that, that look in your eyes like, well, I, she, I asked her how she was. She would not stop talking. <laughs> oh, Poppy, what a, what a pleasure it is to meet the love of our station owner. 
What brings you to KSCL? Well, I was in Paris last month. It wasn't Madrid. No, Paris. And I said to myself, well, that's enough gallivanting for you, young lady. It's time to get a job. So I flew home and I asked my mother, Minnie, of course, if I could uh, nose around and see if some job, you know, spoke to me at one of our radio stations or TV stations or newspapers. But not a brewery, thank you very much. <laughs> so here I am, sleeves rolled up, let her, ready to learn. Is this where you do your show? Of course it is. Here's your mic right in front of me. Earth to poppy. And then Gil walks past the booth. Then she's like, there's Gil. I met him earlier. Hi, Gil. And he just fucking blinks. Away. He's like, she's like, nice man. I think he's, it's marvelous what you do. Really help people. Unlike the psychiatrists I've been to, both of them have some sort of, I don't know, narcolepsy. I sympathize, but if you can't stay awake, don't be a psychiatrist. Bring her back, face her and face yourself, and dial the phone number, and then hangs it back in his pocket. He's like, to do what you do, to face the microphone day after day, and know that for the next three hours, you're going to have to talk and talk and talk. I couldn't do it. I would freeze. Literally freeze. Also, before our big paragraph at the start there, I love it in the transcript. Fraser cannot get a word in through the following. <laughs> yeah. Excuse, excuse me. Hello? Yes, Dad. Oh, all right, calm down. Was there much blood? Oh, my gosh. All right, Dad, I'll be there soon. Uh, again, hang on. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm totally sorry. It's small burns. I'm glad it's passed on today. Oh, come here, take a Fraser. Oh, we were having such a nice chat. As, as Ross comes in, this is Ross. My producer. You know, Ross, I'll gladly do those promos uh, if you would kind of take the puppy to dinner and answer our questions. Sure, if you don't... You don't get bored listening to me drone on about radio. Oh, I don't think there's much sense of that. I confuse Ross's head and runs. Ross's out of the booth. It's like, much like Kenny, tag, you're it. Yeah, tag, you're As we get into Fraser's apartment, as Martin hurries Eddie into the apartment looking around people, and like, what the hell is happening? Well, remember last week when Eddie killed his first rat? And how proud I was. I told you that story, right? Yes, Dad, you told us. If you had a guitar, you would have written a ballad. Well, we were just down in the basement, and I saw another ride, and I said, Go get him, boy! So just as he picked him up, had him in his teeth, shaking the life out of him, and I hear this little bell, ting-a-ling, and I thought, That's funny, rats don't wear bells. Oh, little Robbie Greenberg, Mr. Amster. Yes, I read that flyer. He was offering a $10 reward. Well, the most we can claim at this point is about six fifty. You know, Dad, this is actually your fault. You know, if you hadn't encouraged him after he killed his first rat, he wouldn't have moved on to murdering hamsters. What are you talking about? We don't know if they killed him. Yeah, we had a heart attack or some kind of seizure when he bounced off the board. Fucking, you know what? My dad, he might just rattled him off a boiler or something. He died for a heart attack. It's not Eddie's fault. Then Peter goes across the... And he comes carrying a magazine to him. It's like... Nuts, prepare to whoop like a sweepstakes winner. Cancel our dinner. I've scored us two seats to the front row event of the season. You mean? Yes. But? I know. Niles! And Marion looks at Douglas. I love when they do this. You can pretend it's a Seahawks game. And then Fraser's like, My God, it's for Cecilia Bartoli concert. My God, they've been sold out for months. How on earth did you score those tickets? I simply phoned the box up and said, This is Niles Crane, the new art critic for the monocle. Yeah, and that's like the monocle. Isn't that a magazine? They hand down the rich people in the snootiest apartment buildings. And the snootiest hotels. How did this happen, Niles? Well, I was at a party thrown by the publisher, Olga Sorebred. The pretentious fop who had the job before me was too, was there too, spouting sheer drivel about Leonard Bernstein. Being polite, I kept my tongue sheathed. 
until he'd refer to Bernstein's conducting as overrated. I assumed you pounced. Like a ninja. <laughs> I love how you offended me. You're like, I uh, assumed you pounced. Yeah, like a ninja. By the time I'd finished with him, Olga could see that I was a far better critic than that arrogant poseur. She fired him right there? Well, he was leaving anyway for his junior year abroad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a post. Congratulations, Arnold. You know, who would have thought my little brother, a professional music critic, Oh, oh, and not just music. I can review anything I want. Theatre, dance, art exhibits. You don't say. Yes, from now on, wherever we go, I'll be armed with my trusty pad and pen light. Wherever we go? What's fun? And then Nail takes some opera glasses from his pocket. He's like, I have to take a damp cloth to these opera glasses. Although I don't know what we will use them for, sitting in the front row. <laughs> unless it's scan the faces of the jealous people behind us. <laughs> uh, Martin comes in says he's here. So are you going to be okay right now to get his little critic job? Why wouldn't I be dead? Oh, come on. I know what it's like between two of you when one you has something the other doesn't have. It's like when you were kids, you, you had a telescope. You had a telescope, and Niles had to get a telescope. You had that funny little guitar, Niles. Dad, it was called a lute. Yeah, whatever. Dad, believe me, I do not envy Niles' his critic job. As kids, we would aggravate the situation by flaunting our toys in each other's faces. We're much more mature than that now, alright? And then Niles comes in and Freeze like Niles, you know, it's about time we got going. We don't want to be late to the curtain. Oh, don't be silly. I'm impressed now. They'll hold it. <laughs> now, I think they're talking. Niles, Freeze, and being quite jealous, and he clearly is. Everything. But Niles is clearly, like, he even says here flauntingly, like, he, he's clearly mentioning this, and like, well, I can do this, so I'm impressed well, now. Like, he's clearly tr- knowing, knows that Freezer would love a job like this. So he wants them to be jealous. Well, the so thing is, well, right, they've got that history of try, the one-upsmanship between yeah. them. Plus, Niles has always felt like, as is explained in other episodes, dude, Niles has always felt over, like outshined by Fraser. Yeah. You know, like the whole thing, like, I'm the one whose name's on, like, actual psychiatrist boards yeah. and things, but you're the one that gets all the attention. So Niles is like, finally, I have something, mm-hmm. you know. Which is why Fraser's dickhead in this episode. Yeah, but like I was gonna say, like it's clearly Niles. Like, yeah, he doesn't he, help himself. He, Niles is trying to take the more high ground, despite the fact he's like, oh, especially this most playing back is this last bit where he just throw, casually throw these jackalways on. Like, I'm pressed. They'll hold the curtain. Yeah, kind of thing. Like I say, he doesn't help himself, but Fraser is incredibly petty. <laughs> so then it comes over here how Poppy becomes a heroine in the sick camera. So it's over in the back. There's a. Poppy with Gil and a few others all and Kenny in that whole hell hostage her talking whereas free just in the corner as Ross tries to sneak in there with like Bobby. So that's how I how it ends. B minus every ten extra pounds and still no boyfriend. <laughs> then Rosa, I see Poppy's having a little party. That's not a party. That's a hostage situation. God, today's her last day. You know, this morning she cornered me in my coffee machine and told me her whole life story. I just wanted to grab her by the throat and say, What am I, your biographer? Shut up! Is Gil friendly? <laughs> he get, he <laughs> gets there and he's like, Gil gets there away from her and he's like, Dear God, I thought I'd never break free. I feel like a mongoose at the mercy of a chatty cobra. <laughs> I just, I just, well, you don't get much of Gil, but I do love, like, we do the mongoose. at the mercy of a chatty cobra. <laughs> As Niles walks in, he's uh, like, Oh, hello. Ah, I see you're reading the Times. I am quoted in there today. In the Times? Yes. He's looked over in the ad for the St. Jones Incandescent. The ad, St. Jones Incandescent, Niles Crane, the Monocle. 
<laughs> Roz thinks it's best. Roz, wow, excuse me while I go and tell all my friends I know you. Again, he's clearly trying, he's prodding at Fraser here. Like, look, look what I've got. Look, be jealous. look how awesome it is. And they're like, oh, how dare you be jealous? Look at me, I, me, I'm climbing up on my proverbial high horse. <laughs> like, forgive me, Olga and I were up to all hours of a party for the Royal Shakespeare Company. And we're having some pretty impressive shoulders to you there. And to think, it's all because I have a small column. <laughs> Fraser Wells keeping his eyes on his paper, he's like, he's like, that would certainly be the Freudian interpretation. If I were to review that, I would, I would say it was chilling portray of malice and envy. Oh, Niles, I'm not the least bit envious that you get to spout off in that glorified catbox liner. You just can't stand it. My opinion means more to you. So the argument looks to me for my insight, my approval, my thumbs up. I think we both know what your thumbs up these days. That's a good one, Fraser. You should write about it in your column. Oh, that's right. Get on, have one. And he buggers off, and Fraser's like, that's smug jackass. Fraser, you have a radio show. This is Ross, who sat by then. If you wanted to say something about the play, what's stopping you? It's not the same thing as being a real critic, Ross. You don't get free tickets. You don't get quoted. Forget hobnobbing. My God, this conversation between you and your brother is sick. You're obsessive one-upsmanship. You're all going to end up with old cranks like Chester Ludke. You know, you do raise a good point, Ross. Thank you. Chester's time slot is free. <laughs> I could do my own art show. As a Kenny passes by trying to get away from Poppy, he tries to catch his attention. Yeah, he's like, Kenny, listen, Rosie's had a wonderful idea. Yeah, Dad? What do you say about yours truly hosting a bouncy little show about the arts in Seattle? Culture, wow. That's a great idea. Let me chew on that, I'll get back to you. Then Kenny's away and Fraser's like, Great. You see, Roz, he loved your idea. It was not my idea. It was too your idea. Not, and then he goes, all the meantime, he's pausing the door, he comes back, he's like, that, I'm honestly, I can't feel bad about what I just did. I just think there's a chance that I might like to do your little culture show, and there's not. No chance at all? No. I mean, come on, Doc. You, culture, I heard, who was listening? Not me. <laughs> and Fraser's like, damn, I think my show's a good idea. Well, okay, it's station manager, and he doesn't. You know what? Frankly, I don't like his attitude. He acts as if he owns the station, but he doesn't. Someone else does. Poppy. The next best thing. Her mother. No, Poppy, as he was, she's coming over and she quickly puts her bag and buggers off. <laughs> she says, then, she, he's like, hi, Fraser. Oh, hello, Poppy. Gosh, can't join. I can't. Mummy's taking me shopping. She spoils me something horrible. I guess it's an only child thing. Anything I want, I just have to ask. Oh, he puts in brackets, getting an idea, like, anything you want. So, it's like that Ben the Grinch. Then he got an idea. <laughs> an awful idea. <laughs> yeah. Anything you want. Well, that's interesting, you know, Poppy. Maybe we could join each other for lunch after your little shopping spree. Oh, I love it. Would you really know? It's the scene that's changing the station. That's never getting a chance to know each other. Oh, it has been easy. I mean, with you having those dental appointments every day. Yes. Let me walk you out. You know, I should get the name of your dentist. I can't find one I like. They're always giving me Novocaine when I don't need it, and then it's hours before I can talk again. Yes, well, I can give you the number, though. I don't. I'm I don't imagine he'll be much different. <laughs> As they both enter her head so far, and Daphne looking annoyed, sitting in Martin's chair, feeding, and probably listening to some opera from Beethoven, and uh, they like, ah, oh, divine Beethoven. Extraordinary, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And you know what makes it more interesting? What? He was deaf! I love Richard having <laughs> Daphne just stare. Like, Daphne, please, more pepsi. 
And he's like, Poppy, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to meet someone who shares my passion for the arts. It's a rare thing to find in Seattle, believe me. Is it? Oh, yes, sadly. If, on if only more people were better informed about our city's rich cultural treasures. But what can we as mere radio folk do? Well, what about a radio show all about the arts in Seattle? Oh, my God. Poppy, that's a wonderful idea. How do you do it? You just pull those things out of the air? Good heavens. Of course, we'll have to find ourselves a proper host, but... Ooh. Well, someone very smart. Oh, indeed. And cultured. Monsieur. <laughs> With a lovely speaking voice. Oh, I don't think we need to look too far. Well, Daphne just puts in the patty. Here you go. It's very rich, so don't spread it too thick. <laughs> And Poppy's like, Fraser, I'm so glad you're on board with this. Yes, my only concern is, will Kenny go for it? You see, his suggestion, you know, it's not actually came from us, but from Yeah, he's else. like, Kenny's like, you know, my only concern is, will Kenny go for it? You see, he's a bit of Philistine. He might be better if the suggestion came not actually from us, but from someone else. Who? Well, someone with more authority, power, influence, someone older. A woman, perhaps. And then there's a brief pause where it's probably clear again, and then Brad goes, oh, fuck this. Your mother. He means your mother. <laughs> and then Bobby's like, oh, what a great idea. I'll call her. The other time I've seen her this, looking this annoyed, just sitting there, is like, remember when she had to read the stage directions during ham radio? Mm. It's like the, and the people change wings to wings. I just, I don't love that, like, your mother. He means your, your mother. mother. Like, for God's oh, sake. Yeah. Dotty book. <laughs> Means you're Maya, too. <laughs> hey, actually, uh, who are you then? She goes away then. Hello, Mummy. I'm with Frazier Cray, and we think we should be an art show on KACL. But like, I really like this idea. You call Kay and tell him you want this, okay? Love you too. Bye. <laughs> and then she's like, and the first show should be... Well, we start tomorrow. We'll, we'll start with something to review. A revival of a streetcar named Desire opens tonight. Brilliant. Let's go to that. I'll see you at the theatre. And then Poppy gets to the door and greeting and greeted by Martin. And he's like, oh, Poppy. As, as Eddie runs away, she really loudly says that to me. Hello, little Eddie. Don't you want to have a good walk? Actually, we've just been to the vets. Oh, the cutest little dog. Your name is Mr. Poops. He's... And Martin, yeah. like, slams the door on us, shut it up. Like, you took Eddie to the vet. Is he sick? No, it turns out the building security camera caught Eddie taking out Robbie Greenberg's hamster. So this is this Greenberg kid's trying to make Eddie out to be some kind of pit bull. He's organizing some petition to get him banned from the building. Oh, Dad, that's terrible. This yeah, it is. I, I don't know. He just wanted I just wanted everyone to see what a nice, calm, friendly dog Eddie was. What are you taking to the vet for? Tranquilizers. We don't even work anyway. I gave Eddie one of those pills on the ride home. We don't do a thing to him. I don't know. I think maybe he needs something else. Mr. Crane, and so is Eddie leading it out by his It's just his tongue dangling it. <laughs> Looks like he only needs his own leveling and some sitar music. I have the love on well, You have the love on yeah. But, uh... Then Nails comes into the door. And he's like, Well, I'm glad to see you're in a better mood. I was hoping you'd lend me your Tennessee Williams biography. I have to reveal a revival of Streetcar tonight. 
And I wanted to throw in some background stuff. Oh, I'm sorry, now. As you know, normally I would have done you, but I needed myself for my own review. Oh, well, in that case, I'll... What? Oh, that's why you wouldn't have heard. See, starting tomorrow, I'll be doing my little art show on KSL. Twice weekly. You envious reptile. But eh? I achieve one thing, one tiny distinction you don't have, and what do you do? You're unwinding to Kenny for extra airtime. I did no such thing. No, he went to that poppy woman instead. Poppy? Is this a panel discussion? You loathe Poppy. I do not. I think she's delightful. Isn't she? She's an idiot. <laughs> you conniving copycat. You have to have whatever I have. I don't have what you have. My audience is twice as large as yours is. Well, at least my audience can read. How dare you review my audience? I'll review anything I want to. And Daphne was looking very like, never see you like this. Eyes bulging, tongue rolling out. Oh, he always gets that way when he fights with Niles. And then, Richard can sell for what he thinks is his yeah. show. <laughs> Good morning, Ross. Hi. Are you ready for our debut? I'm thinking of calling the show Fraser Crane, I'll say. But it's about I double apostrophe ILL, like in the theater aisle. That should work real well on radio. You better watch out for Kenny. I hear he's pretty mad at you for going over his head. How could he be mad at me? The whole thing was Poppy's idea. And she comes in. Oh, here she is now. Come to wish you good luck. I was afraid I wouldn't get here in time. Oh, here, here. You've got a few minutes. Why don't you catch your breath? Here, take a seat. Ah, really glad you made it. Wouldn't be a proper debut without you. Wow, all those buttons. How how do you do it? Well, it's not that complicated. You know, this one turns on the mic. Oh, it's call buttons. Oh, and I push the one when I want to cough. How does it make you cough? I'm afraid you're not looking at each other. You know, but I hate to rush you, but I just got a couple minutes before the show. And then she screws that up and she's like, I better get a move on. It's up to get script and I'm like, Bobby, what are you doing? Getting ready for my show. One minute is, is like, I'm going to produce this show. <laughs> like, your show? Okay, our show. After all, it was your idea for me to do it. And she sees people say, like, everybody, come on in here. Everyone goes in, like, especially Kenny Gillett. Before I begin my new show, I just want to say a few words. Yesterday, I was ready to leave KSL to run away like I have for so many other times. And it was only the support of one man, Fraser Crane, that helped me overcome my shyness. Many people have observed in me to follow my dreams. Oh my god, I want to cry. Gil's like, we all do. Ten seconds. And Gil's like, how could you do this to us? I had no idea she intended to stay. It's not what her mother told me. And I thought I'd seen some cruel pranks in the army. I assure you, she's way out of a dip here. Any moment she realized she's in over her head, she'll be begging me to go in there and take over for her. And then you've probably reading from her little script. Oh. Like, <laughs> Can I tell you? Please, please. She, she's reading from the script and she's like, A streetcar named Desire. It's a very powerful Broadway play. It was made into a movie starring Marlon Brando. This gave the play a very personal relevance to me, as I once sat next to Mr. Brando on the Concord, and we had a very lovely chat until a sudden cramp forced him to change seats. Creature slowly but surely starts <laughs> collapsing, leaning back on the door that enters the booth. She's like, Streetcar tells the tragic tale of Blanche Dubois who is a very genteel, proper southern lady. Or is she? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it. 
Well, so the, the, the transcript says in the brackets before the orgy, as if it's a horror movie. Because <laughs> the governor wants to wear gill rods and a couple of others are standing at a table and they blank Frazier because they're annoyed him about the whole pop situation until he wanders over and sit with uh, someone else. Go ahead, Naz, I know you were listening. Well, I wish you had lent her your Tennessee Williams biography. She wouldn't have kept forgetting his name and calling him Indiana Jones. <laughs> then... Nail Frazier nods painfully and Niles is like, if it's any consolation, I get fired from the monocle. Oh, Niles, I'm sorry. I panned a wretched musical, not realizing the lead was a person who does Olga's hair. She fired her just to play get her hair or something? Electrolysis. And if you'd ever seen her in a sundress, you'd forgive her as I have. I'm sorry, Niles. It's a shame, really, you know. I know how much you love that job and to lose it in such an unceremonious fashion. Well, you know. I was thinking of quitting that job anyway. Oh? I thought I was spraying myself too thin, getting distracted from my real work. I had the exact same thought, you know, even as I was preparing my show, I thought, am I being fair to my regular listeners? They do depend on you. After your patience. Thank you. God, is it any wonder we find ourselves ex-critics? We were meant to lose those jobs. As if God, God is like actually jealous of our daily, have quite stepped in and put things right. Well put. Thank you. You know, now as I feel hungry, why don't we catch an early dinner and then... Oh, oh, and then catch the new stop art play. Yeah. You know, the shame I listen when I get to hear my review of Streetcar. Insightful? Groundbreaking. As was mine. Well, it takes a psychiatrist to really interpret that play. Indeed. All right, you go first. All right. Go. <laughs> a descent into madness. It was well worth the trip and the incandescent revival of a streetcar named Desire. Just a moment, now. incandescent. Isn't that the word you use quoted in the Times? Well, yes. You can't use that all the time. They both break up to their little argument as they go. <laughs> And then the credits, she'll probably, having finished her show, coming out, you looking around for people, but nobody's there, and confusingly leaving as, as soon as she leaves, the whole corridor fills with people who are coming out where they were hiding from. Yeah. And it, the guest appearances, it was Kate Finner and his poppy, and the thing that always surprises me is his guest starring Edward Hibbert as Gilchester, and even though he's not in every episode, he's... he's Enough of a character that he should be a character, you know what I mean? No, but I, think, I don't think, unlike Bill, though, he be, I don't think he appeared as regularly as Bill, because, you know, there were later uh, like photos which showed Dan Butler in and amongst the main cast, like the main five. Aye, that was, that was between seasons... Between five and seven, he was a really strong part of the cast. Yeah, but I think it, it gets a certain thing where you become like either a main character then a slightly weird character, and then... You're, like, you're a known character within the universe of the show, but like the fact you bring in people you're a guest star, but not as in, then they have to make distinctions for a special guest star, as in people who are on one or two episodes, or yeah, yeah. maybe a celebrity who's making a surprise cameo as another character, like when Mike Keaton oh. and that show up. Blaine! I'm thinking we just do two episodes, actually. That was a really good episode, though. How do you. We, we, we didn't get to our, our rating. Yeah, well, that comes later, but yeah. I, I'd give it a solid thumbs up. I think oh. there was some stupidness in it. It's not one I'd maybe go always good my way for, but I think, you know, Fraser, his own pompousness really comes back to bite him. And it really he does. does. Get what he, deserves. He, get, he gets his comeuppance for being a bit of a ditty. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm usually critical of season seven. Yeah. This was one of the, one of the exceptions. I really do enjoy this episode. Uh... I think we were going to do three episodes, but actually we were doing some stuff before the show. We had to finish up for our other shows. Yes. But uh, 
not to peep too much behind the curtain, but then now we're recording this, so it's getting quite late into the evening, so I think... No, no, peak, peak, we'll bring you cake. <laughs> Come behind the curtain, you can have cake and juice. <laughs> but, uh, we certainly don't have it, we drank all the juice. Yeah, and we don't have any cake. Okay. We'll give you a high five. High five. High five. Yeah, so we're just going to do two episodes, but maybe we'll do four and try and record a bit earlier the next time we do Frasier and... Well, like at least a month's time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then we go on to episode five, The Dog That Rocks the Cradle, which is a more bulldog and Raw's focused episode, which makes the scenes that they do have, like the random plot about Martin planning for his death and everything, it really does. It's one of those secondary plots that you really feel emphasis on the secondary part there. Because like, it's a case of like, well, yeah, we, we, we like Perry and also Dan. I, like, we have more faith in them to lead these guys to lines, but in the case of like people come to see Kelsey Grammar and David Hyde Pierce and that so we need something for them to do yeah even if it doesn't really factor into the whole episode the main plot episode is between Roz and Bulldog which is the kind of big return because the last time we seen him was at the towards the end of last season yeah where he and Roz were that brief thing and then he he got dumped, fired he got fired and then he quote unquote dumped her yeah like, I'm good. he's good I'm better but no he's trainable didn't he end up getting fired within the story? Because Dan Butler himself does a hell of a lot of cameos and bit parts in movies and other things and he had other work he was doing. I think, I think I've been out, like, he has also this episode and I think after this we don't see him for quite a while. He does come back in the later season, like, I think. Yeah, that's when he gets a job at the radio station. He gets a job back at the radio station, not as a host, I don't think, but he, gets, he works within the station the last couple of seasons, like, we had a little back and forth with Frasier in a prank episode. Yeah, that's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Is that that one where Frasier goes OTT and does the zombies and shit? Aye. Yeah. Well, you know, the lying's not good, there's this and that. Oh, yeah, and there's no such thing as zombies! They really do like to constantly revisit that show every so often when they need something for Frasier. Like, oh, let's do that thing about Frasier not being funny. Yeah. I love that. I love that bit of the episode when the joke gets completely turned on him. Mm-hmm. You know when, when Bulldog shoots one of the zombies. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's, let's start the episode. It's Fraser and he's a partner with Roy's kind of doing program, uh, like uh, doing kind of the similar work that they talked about. Yeah, they're so doing the promos. The promos, yeah. I almost said promos, I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Dog that Rocks the Cradle, also a reference to the movie The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have it. I, 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 have I, you seen it? I have seen it, yes. Isn't it a messed up ass movie? It is messed up, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to discuss the plot of it because that gives a lot, of the, a lot of the opening and it gets fucking dark. She is incredibly cruel, uh, Winston. Which one's Winston again? He is one. He's a the simple-headed little man we get yeah. into paint the fence. Mind you, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yes. Yeah. yeah, but she's incredibly cruel mm-hmm. to everyone in that film because she goes nuts. Yeah. So it's Rod's. I mean, they're working at the other end. She's like got little baby Alice with her. It's like she's still in another room. Like, sorry about Alice, but you know, we have so much work to do. Uh. Oh, it's all right, Roz. You know what? I'll find you'll find another nanny soon. I better have a date tomorrow. It's my first one in a month. A month. I can spend my days with you and nights with Alice. I forgot what a real conversation is like. Well, don't tell Alice that. Might hurt her feelings. Then we hear her crying. They're like, "Oh, here we go again." She walks off as 
uh, Martin walks in where we cope with a suit underneath it and Niles is coming in with them. Niles, just look at the dapper gent I ran into in the elevator. All right, now that's enough. Yes, I like the suit you got me. <laughs> All right, well, tell me about the comments. Did everybody there, ooh, and ah. No, people were pretty much looking at the guy in the casket. So, Dad, how was the funeral? Oh, it was terrible. Not at all the way Dan would have wanted, you know. They did everything on the cheat, and the daughter, our daughter of his, she didn't even get the good pre. They got some rookie from the seminary who stumbled through the eulogy and couldn't pronounce the name. What'd you, what'd you do, Bukowski? You nearly missed that one. But I That's a hard it. one. But couldn't pronounce what'd you do, Bukowski? <laughs> well, I can't commiserate with you, Dad. I had a rather bad day on the death front myself. Sure? Yes, please, Niles. Now, I received my letter today saying thanks to my divorce. I've lost my plot at Seattle's Tolia Seminary. You cemetery. mean you're out of Verdant Hills? Oh, I am sorry. I know how much you were looking forward to being dead there. <laughs> 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 no, they've waitlisted me, but I don't like my odds. I don't blame you. One country cup fly fire and you can kiss your chances goodbye. And they're definitely. I went to all sorts of years of child. My uncle was a mortician, lovely man. He's offered to do my makeup for the wedding. <laughs> Fraser, I can just... Hey, Fraser, he's like, I can just hear the whispers now. Did you see the bride? Very lifelike. <laughs> Dad, you know, I'm sorry about your friend's funeral not going so well. Rest assured, when the time comes, years from now, Niles and I will follow your wishes to another. Thank you. Wait. Dad, what are your wishes? Oh, no. I'm not going to plan my own funeral. It's bad luck. But, Dad... Oh, uh, no, no. You don't pull the cord until you're on your bus until it's real ready to get off. That's, that's, that's very true. Pull the what on the what? I don't know. They'll <laughs> <laughs> never be on a fucking bus. And Fraser. Pretty sure there's a scene when Fraser was on the on a bus yeah, in the previous episode. Nails is like, I'm surprised. I didn't know Dad had such a buckaboo about his funeral arrangements. Oh, you know, it's a painful subject, you know, but we have to plan for it, you know. We almost prepare when the cold hand of death comes knocking at the door. <laughs> and then a knocking is when heard on the front door and like Fraser's like Would you get that? I most certainly will not. Then <laughs> he opens the door and it's Bulldog and he's like Pizza he's like, Oh, thank you very much. Bulldog Good Lord, come in oh heavens. You remember my brother now as you remember Bulldog? Yes, of course. Hello, Bulldog. So you're delivering pizzas for a living? No, I'm an eccentric millionaire. This has always been my dream. Bulldog, I can't tell you. No, no, no. I, I can't with a safe. Just making some extra cash between radio gigs. All right. Oh, well, it's uh, 18 bucks, by the way. Oh, I just... Nails is like... Oh, I just stopped by to leave off these opera tickets. So I'll be on my way. Hey, Nails. By the way, I'm not sure of cash. Do you mind... Uh... Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, some money. Oh, there's something a little extra for you. You don't see it, but according to the transcript, it was a 28 that they gave him. And Bulldog's like, whoa, that's a pretty generous tip. I'd say, wrong, Billy. Gives him all $1 bills of cheapskate. And Bulldog's like, hey, good luck, Doc. I'll see you. Thanks, Bulldog. Take care. And then he sees Roz. Right. He's Roz coming out of the bedroom. Oh, Bulldog. Hello, Roz. You're delivering pizzas? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of awkward, huh? Oh, no. That's not me embarrassed. I jousted you up. No, I mean, awkward for you. This is the first time you've seen me since we had that fling and I dumped you. I dumped you, pizza boy. Bulldog, Bulldog's like, hey, who goes here? Hey, sweet pea, you're getting so big. Hey, look at that smile. She likes me. She's really not be the least mature person in the room anymore. Who's got a mean old mommy? Thanks, that's we're playing a bit and everything, and Fraser kind of looks over and we're like, listen, you know, I think you might have solved your babysitting problem. 
Bulldog? Are you nuts? Oh, look at that. Look at that. Alice is obviously crazy, but let me know. You can use the money. I don't know. Okay, fine, Ross. Cancel your dick. I mean, you've been at this a long, doing this long without a man. What's a few more days? Bulldog, do you want a job? And <laughs> comes up the nanny, as he said. Yeah. He's, he's feeding Alice. Come on, one more bite. Then we can watch Sports Center. And then Ross is like, have you seen my purse? It's on a chair. Steve's going to be here any minute. Been dating this guy for a while? Actually, no. Tonight's your first date. In fact, it's my first date in a month. Oh, you injured? You pull something? No. Well, I guess no one's quite measured up to that week you spend in the doghouse. Let's get one thing straight. Let a little fling I know, had. I know. I was choking. And yeah, bulldogs, like, yeah, was, he's like, okay, if you're not going to have some peaches, we're going to have some jello in the fridge. You know, some naughty ladies like to wrestle in that stuff. And then the girl goes in and he opens up all these ones. They're like, Oh, is this Ross Doyle's apartment? Yeah, yeah, you were dead. Yeah. And then Bulldog makes sure Roger's there and then grabs him, grabs our date by the fucking collar, and he's like, listen up, you go with Ross tonight, I will rip off your arm, ram it down your throat, and use it to squeeze your heart until it stops beating. And looks at us, who's my pretty girl? <laughs> and then he grabs Steve again, and he's like, okay, Dirtball, listen, you get out of here, you call Roz, and you cancel like a gentleman. As far as she's concerned, this conversation never took place. Got it? Who are you? I'm your worst nightmare. I'm a babysitter. <laughs> and he the door. And Ross comes in wearing a little cut top. And Bulldog's like, whoa. Do I look slutty? All right. If you're fishing with compliments, yeah, you look slutty. <laughs> and then she gets a phone call from Steve. Uh, hey, Steve. Oh, really? Well, tomorrow's Saturday. I mean, you don't have to. That's okay. Bye. She kind of looks all annoyed. Yeah. I don't believe it. My first day in a month and he blows me off. What? In the last minute? What a jerk. He does not deserve you. Thanks, Bulldog. Well, I guess we can go. Yeah. Oh, I ordered pizza. You know, it's, I'm going to drive my place now. I'm at the YMCA. Have him knock hard. I turn out the radio to drown out the sirens. Why don't we just stay and have your pizza? You sure? Yeah, it's not like I'm doing anything tonight. Come and tell us what you guys did at the park today. Uh, we fed the ducks. We went on a pony ride. Came back here and had a whole jar of peas. Peas? How'd you get her to eat those? Well, I got the trick to it. You pretend you sneeze them out of your nose. How'd you come up with that? Well, it's an interesting story. Actually, don't tell me. And it comes up, the plot thickens. Yeah. So you're sitting drinking his coffee and nails comes in. Good afternoon, Alex. Coffee's on me. I'm back at Verdon Hills Cemetery. Well, congratulations. Nothing left now but all that pesky waking. <laughs> I haven't got the official word yet, but I've called in a favour. Bruce McGurk. He's on the board of directors. I gave him grief counseling when his uncle was lost at sea, and it's occurred to me there's a plot gone begging. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking morbid as anything, but then Rose comes in like, tell me something. Do I have the word loser tattoo across my forehead? No, Roz, but is, there is a rumor about a Tweety Bird on your upper thigh. <laughs> I had two dates this week, both of them bailed on me at the last second. What is wrong with me? Oh, don't count yourself out just yet, Roz. She's like, yeah, right, and Fraser's like, no, no, there's a young man over there, can't take his eyes off you, he's been staring at you ever since you came in. Oh, man, that's Ted from the ad so far, you know, we've been making eye contact for a month. Oh, yes, Ted, well, his gaze is so steamy, it's re-foaming my latte. Why don't you go over there and talk with him? I can't, I wouldn't know what to say. I'll tell you what, ask him to dinner. I'm going to Shay and Henri myself this evening, I'll call and get you a table. I don't know, I'm feeling a little gun-shy. Raj, you better hurry. 
If you talk to me another minute longer, he'll think he's got some serious competition. And she says, start laughing. Like, Thanks, Frazier. I need a good laugh. Listen to me up. <laughs> and then he's on the phone like, hello, Frazier Crane. And Nell's on the phone at the same time talking to the guy at the cemetery. Just wondering if I could get a tale for a dear friend of mine tonight as well. Niles Crane here. Hello, Bruce. We're hoping you're... I'm hoping you're calling with good news about Verdon Hills. Table for two. Yes, a plot for one. By the kitchen. Oh, Lord. I was hoping for something near the fireplace. Near the parking lot? I prefer the serenity garden. Oh, yeah, the back row will be fine. Who's at the next table? The Hilltops, divine. Who's in the adjacent plot? The Ashby's, wonderful. The Ashby's, wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, a girl got me a shitty spot on the high hill. You mean? Yes, I'll spend eternity looking down on Maris. Oh, Niles. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> and Ross comes in like, he said yes. Well, of course he did, Ross. Congratulations. And you're all set at Chianri? Great. Then Bruno comes in like, What's sorry, bastard to the path away from my kid? This stinks. This is total BS. Oh, found it. Found it. Yeah. And Bulldog's like, Hi. And Troy's like, You know, Bulldog, I hate to do this to you, but you babysit tonight. I got to take with Ted over there. Really? Sure. Just say, Way to go, slugger. I better go home and get ready and she leaves with the, the with Alistair. Yeah, and he's like, you go ahead, I'll catch up with you after I go to the can. Lovely. And then Bill Dull's like, hey, Ted, right? Well, Doc, long time no see. I heard you were going out with Ross tonight. Yeah. Listen up, you have her home in four or five minutes after you pick her up or she'll be sorry. Yeah, he just stands up showing her off her toilet. He's like, what are you going to do about it? Bulldog holds his hand in front of Ted's face and breaks his own middle finger and Ted's like, oh my God. And Bulldog's like, if I'm willing to do that to me. Just think what I'll do to you. All right, 45 minutes. Or else. And what's the doyle, and you can tell he's, he's in pain. <laughs> hey, boys, feel like taking a ride. This is Martin coming in. Sure, Dad, where to? Well, I'm thinking about what you guys are talking about, and I, you know, it's not about me. I may race myself, I just went out and bought myself a burial plot. Okay, all right, let's go have a look, Dad. I'm glad to see you finally realized there's no point in being superstitious about this whole thing. Yeah, well, I realize, fellow YouTube, I'm a few of be a lot of hearts, white, white, and frankly, a lot of pissed off cops. <laughs> And then all this bit back with him, Emmett and uh, Daphne is still driving out like, right up here on the left, got the whole service mapped out. Gonna start with bag for marching down the aisle. Backpipes? You know, I'm, I'm having backpipes at my wedding. You knew that. No, that dainty finger food there. Big slabs of beef. Prime rib. You can't have prime rib. I'm having prime rib. Oh, for Pete's sake. No, no, this is lovely. If you kick off before I get married, you'll ruin everything. All right, all right, I'll drop the bagpipe. No, no, have the bagpipes, and what else are you going to have? A big cake with a little white coffin on the top. Oh, you put a sack in it. Wouldn't surprise me if you had a hearse with just buried on the side of it. Oh, stop it, I'm warning you. <laughs> and they fill up, and they're looking over the great, with a big fucking shed building in the back. Really. Very yeah. good, huh? Oh. I'll put oh. Mom's ashes over there in the look. That was her side of the bed, and yeah, close to the maintenance shed. That's and that's good because they're first to get mowed. Yeah. Do you really like this place? Yes, Dad. Good, Faith. Let me take three sets over to your left, will you? And there you are. And Mark, <coughs> now when you stand right next to him. You guys are standing on your very own graves. What? Yeah, well, they're for sale. So I went ahead and bought them. You know, see, see how much you like it out here. I'm glad I did. Dad. I know the expense. Don't worry about it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what a present. So, like, fucking... He brought, what do they think? The idea of the family all being buried together, but just his nails is just like, really, to probably pay for, quite a bit of money for that spot to look down on bloody madness. 
well, paid a lot of money for his ball and probably did a lot of butt kissing to get yeah. back where he wanted to be. And then, see, Bullock. Well, uh, sorry, cut no, in, no. but I mean, the idea of being pr- being prissy about where you're going to get planted, it seems a little silly to me. Yeah. It's not like you're going to fucking notice. Mm. <laughs> Plus, I prefer cremation anyway. Oh, you wouldn't like to be mowed first? No, no, I prefer the cremation, if I'm honest with you. No, I. I if, if I didn't have the option, I'd at least like to be mowed first. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would have. I seen a thing the other day, and I know we're going on one of our tangents here, but I seen a thing the other day that amused me quite a bit. It was people that had had a sense of humour when it came to their headstone. <laughs> yeah, and it was some really funny ones. Some guy had stole Spike Milligan's one. Mm-hmm. No, I told you I was ill. <laughs> <laughs> and another person, right? Had got what at first glance looks like a very sweet message wrote on their gravestone, mm-hmm. but see if you read each starting letter down the side that says "fuck you." <laughs> and another woman had on her gravestone. Mm-hmm. You realise if you're standing here, standing on my boobs. <laughs> so yeah, says a humour about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to the apartment and bulldogs. Setting something up, we don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, well, we actually, well, we know, we know what it is. He's sitting at the apartment, looking all nice, so he can be, you know, they've come for any try and lure Roz in. Yeah, and Ted comes in. He's like, "Sorry, we had to rush out like that." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Me too." Is your stomach feeling any better? Looking at, and he's looking around for a Bulldog, and he's like, "Not really." And she's like, "Fancy some ginger ale?" Or no, I really had to go. And then Ted runs, so she shuts the door and she's looking depressed and annoyed and she looks at her clothes and and collapses on the couch, as you would be. She'd be yeah. all, you know, crestfallen and shit. Yeah. And then Bulldog's like, she's asleep, Roz. Don't worry, I won't disturb you. Uh, where's Ted? He ditched me. What? He's saying his stomach was bothering him, looking at his watch the whole time. What is wrong with men? Not them, it's been happening all week. No, 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 trust me, it's not you. We're just jerks. And she's like, thanks, Bulldog. And he's like, hey, look, if you're hungry, I just whipped up a little something. It's probably enough for two. Mm-hmm. And she's like, great, I'm going to go change, okay? Okay. And then, well, as, as Jake said, Bulldog's getting prepared to put some wine in there. And then Ted comes back to the door whole night. I think it's her first like, what the hell are you doing here? I know, I'm sorry. You're supposed to be gone. How many of you want to figure it out? Dislocate before you take me seriously. I got her home in 45 minutes, okay? She left this in the car. You see Rod in the background kind of voicing him. They don't know that he's there. And he's like telling him until she realizes what he's been up to. And then she comes back and, oh, it smells delicious. Oh, I don't know. I think my neck's a little tense from that. Eh? And he's, good luck with a lot of me. I love it. I love it. He starts to massage her, but his horns will kill him, so he starts using his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Ah, oh, forgot how good you were at that." And starts unbuttoning her. So, uh, so you were and good at a lot of things. And, and he's like, "Wow, Victoria's Secret, page thirty-nine." What do you say? We just get there and go straight to dessert. Oh, penthouse Forum, page twenty-three. And then she starts, you know, playing along to, "Are you in the new pizza man?" I hope you heard you not double part. I promise, I promise you, ma'am, I will deliver in thirty minutes or more. There's a set of candle on their balcony. Would you mind getting it for me? I'm getting naked here. Yes, you do it. Reports down on sexual creativity. I'll be right back. And as soon as he goes out, she shuts the door and locks the magnum. And then Bill's like, Roz, open the door. Oh, I get it. Knock, knock. Pizza man. 
You sly bag, I know you've been scaring my dates all week. I don't know what you're talking about. Cut the crap, I just saw you talking to Ted. This, this is the lowest thing you've ever done. The way I trust you, that's why you treat me. Would you let me in, please? No. It's freezing out here, as you can plainly see. Good, I want you to suffer. And he goes to sit there on the table. Oh, don't sit there. I eat on that table, for God's sake. Get dressed. He's shoving out the like, Come on, wait. And he's like, wait, would you let me explain? I don't want to hear uh, You're going to make me sick. Get out. I wasn't just trying to get you into bed. Just give me a second, please. And then he takes a deep breath. And I, I hate this, but... Oh, that's heartbreaking. But he's that. like, last spring, when we were together, it was great. I didn't know how to handle it, so I ran away. When I saw you again, I was... I figured if I could keep the competition out of the way, then maybe you and I, I don't know, we could be a couple. Us? And he's so sincere, he's like, I think I'm in love with you. And he walks, oh, and he stands like, and he's like, you're not saying anything, are you? And he goes away, he's like, wait a minute, I know what you're doing. What? All this love stuff, it's another way to get me in the bed. And he's like, no, Roz, no. God, it's the oldest trick in the book. Wait a minute, Roz. Like, no, you're still at it. You're still at it. You're not. No, listen. Like, give up, Bulldog. And then just, like, to the point where it's, she goes... It's she just this bit here. It says, Roz Lynn shows to him that she knows he truly loves her, but she can't love him back. It, she's like, this makes me sadder than everything between Niles and Daphne. Ah, oh, because it's the only bit in Frasier when you see the true side of the bulldog and you see his vulnerability. And he gets rejected. I know. And it's horrible. And it's a shame because, like, she admits that, you know, he's, he did a lot of good stuff for her and Alice and everything. And like, but, like, mm. she still can't go where, like, she knows what he has been like. And, like, she's, like, she's, but, but she does, but she's like, like, come on, let's try and she's like, give up bulldog and he's. And he 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 feigns it and just okay, okay, just for a second. But like he's like she tries to let him do. Like she said later said easily, but like he's like like I'm sorry, but I I don't feel the same way. So so like let's if we if we just pretend this, hopefully it'll make it easier for both of us. Like, yeah. Okay, she doesn't want to hurt him. Like as much as she was annoyed him, she doesn't want to hurt him. Yeah, because she realizes it was it was as weird and fucked up as his methods were. He had good intent and fucking. You know, I know I said the other stuff felt filler, but this, like, but it's good because the plot for between these two is really good. Like, you, at first it does seem like Bulldog is just being plain old Bulldog again, but then you see a good motivation, and then Perry, Perry Gilpin and Dan Butler, I think yeah. some of their best work in the entirety of Frasier is oh, in this most scene. definitely, most definitely. But she's like, she's give like, up, Bulldog. Uh, you can't get blame my guy for trying. I had you going all the dishes in the water. You're a master. Yeah, I even put chocolate locked in the first part of my plan and get you in the set. You're such a pig. Well, I better be going. And then Rose is like, okay, thank you for all your help with Alice. I'll see you, Bob. Yeah, one time she calls him Bob. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, I'll see you, Rose. And then you're so the door like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Wildthing. I know the balcony is now for sex play. And, Implying this is not the first time this has yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. And Fraser's like, Fraser, by the way, charming. It's open. And Fraser's like, I just saw you dash out the restaurant with Ted. I thought, God, what's wrong? And I can believe what happened. Bulldog just told me he loved me. What? You mean Ted bring me home early? Turns out he's been scaring my dates off all week. Well, what did you say to him? I tried to let him down easy. I felt sorry for the guy. Bulldog. Wow, he's full of surprises, isn't he? Who'd have thought? 
You know, it's really weird. I'm gonna miss them. Look at this. Never, never had to worry about Alex because the place so neat. Clay, it's nice to have someone come home to. Mm. And then Fraser's like, well, maybe Bulldog in his own clumsy way gave you a taste of a more traditional lifestyle. Yeah, I suppose. Who knows, Ross? Maybe the time has come. You might be willing to start looking for what a husband? No, I was gonna say that. Just because I'm missing certain things, about that doesn't mean I need to rush down and get married. You know, look at that—I had three guys interested in this week, and not to mention Bulldog. You know, I'm liking this. Like, even says you're reassuring, so arguably into now. Like, she doing life is pretty good. Like, she's trying everything. Like, oh, I know, still a lot of men are still attracted to me, and like she's holding on to this yeah. old single life. But really, like, you gotta think maybe she does want this. And Fraser's like, "All right, Roz, as long as you're okay, I really appreciate you coming by." Yeah, and then like Ross to the door, and Fraser's like, "It's okay." Mm. And she's like, "I'll see you tomorrow." And he's like, "Of course." Good night. And she's like, "Good night." And yeah. the the first, the greatest thing is her; she can't get an uh, Alice the ERPs, so she does Bulldog sneeze trick, and lo and behold, it works. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is, that's episode five, and whew, that. What episode? What an episode, Because you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's one of those episodes of Frasier that's filled with all the elements, you know. It's got, <laughs> it's got great, obviously, classically funny Frasier parts. <laughs> and it's got a really good emotional subplot as well, <laughs> you know. Because, I mean, throughout the first time you see Bulldog throughout the run, the first run in the show, like when he was actually working at the radio station, <laughs> you do get the sense that he's a bit of Lothario, but yeah. Uh, but he a lover, you know what I mean? He, like, yeah. he likes he likes to he likes to do his exercising, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but he's got such he's got such a such a sensitive core. And I think him, you know, and I think the case of he does this little like he just wants women for sex and everything because I think he's a, he's clearly a, he's not he doesn't want to be vulnerable because like you saw a few scenes earlier. One time, one of the few times he does let a woman in is like when he meets Ross's friend, yeah. and he feels heartbroken, so he goes back in further into this thing. And then he said he had a thing with Ross. He started feeling these feelings. He talks about here, and so he meets this. He then meets this other woman and buggers off and like, ah, well, don't take it hard, you know. I dumped you and well, all that crap. Even a very telling one, and I think it's in another episode when he's talking about like the present his dad got him. And he's like, oh yeah, my dad got me a hooker, and he's like, you know, all I wanted a bike. <laughs> You know, but even that little joke, you get to yeah. see certain elements behind mm-hmm. the the created shield that he has. You know, well, so say one of his experiences is a woman who's been paid by his dad. So yeah. he, from early age, he's been messed thought, up with that shit. Well, he's been taught to see women as just women things to have sex with. Basically, he's not he was not taught to respect them as much. Mm, even the, even though, despite the fact they likely does, yeah, he clearly has a close relationship with his mum, as we've seen in that episode where they bring down like. When Fraser tried to use his mother to make him feel guilty, you know, cause like, you don't want to lie to your own mother, Bulldog, do you? Then she comes to his own door to be like, how could you use a pregnant woman as a shield? Even even though Fraser's reasoning behind that episode is very self-evident. You know. but, but, all, but again, it shows that you think even Bulldog wouldn't want to disappoint his own mother. No, but like I say, great episode. I'd give us a solid... Two thumbs. You know, I I was only hesitant because I was leaning on the other thumb with my side. I uh, I would give it a thumb and a half because the the other half I mean, pedantic is probably because of the other stuff with three. Well, I had the, the one good thing about it is the fun back and forth on the phones. Yeah. But also, and also the oh I'm 
I look. I, I know how much you're looking forward to being dead there. <laughs> that but is it, fun. It, it feels like they're feeling like, well, we can't. They didn't trust Leia enough to not feature. Well, we can't not feature freight Kelsey and all that. So. Yeah, yeah. So, but thing and a half. A lot of that is on the strength of Rise and Bulldog. Yeah, and, and it's a again, it's a sleeper hit of an episode. I'll say, and that it has a lot going for it in that plot line. But again, among season seven, it gets forgotten about. Oh, very true, very true. Well, that's the thing with season seven. As I say, I'm I'm generally negative on season seven, but yeah. we've done two episodes there, and both of them were top episodes. I think that this, this most recent episode, especially the one with Bulldog, is the kind of episode I was hoping to find in this latter part of the Fraser run through and that yeah. some episodes that you don't you, you forget how good they are maybe you weren't expecting them to but they're hidden amongst the season where maybe it's not as classic as some episodes in the early half but they hit you and they can really deliver a lot of like yeah. we used to the classic Fraser elements like you say an episode an episode of the later run that has a lot of merit uh, that's a perfect way to put you know, it a lot of merit to it and well, a lot a lot of good you know it makes you it makes you more it makes you feel yeah and it it really do, it does kind of bore you a little because, it, in essence, it lends more development to certain characters, which mm-hmm. you don't see a lot in the yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't see Bulldog a lot in this season, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know if you see him more during this season, even. I think that's maybe one of his few appearances in Seven. It's the sad thing about, well, not sad, but unfortunate thing about Dan Bullisbury that, from what I've seen and you described earlier, he did play a lot of the bit parts and he was. Very rarely was would you find something down where he was the main guy. Yeah, which makes it weird, like because I'd love to do an eclectic escapade season seven. He's in, but like we'd probably talk about him very briefly in it. Whereas yeah. with the other things we've talked about, you know, like being like Kelsey Grammer, uh, but one 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 of them we did a bit of here. But like, like even those texts isn't is maybe a secondary character amongst the we and amongst the group. Yeah, well. he still get he still gets some. Very quotable, very funny lines, and, oh, hell yeah. and the ones about Kelsey, he is the central focus. So I, I could quote one of his his lines out with Fraser very much off the top of my head. Yeah. You mean this is evidence from a real murder case? <laughs> cool. <laughs> like I'd like to find something that I know you'll have at least a decent presence in, so it's not it's not just a one bit that yeah. he's got because like yeah, he's in Santa Lands, but he's in U.S. Marshals. Yeah, but like, no, no, any other state. He's in, like, like he's in like Santa Lands. But we wouldn't. I don't know how much of that review we'd spent actually talking about him. Yeah, you know. He's also doesn't he do an episode uh, or two in Supernatural as a priest? I think he does at least one episode in yeah. that. There's one episode of Malcolm in the Middle where he's just this random guy who's super been living in the department store, <laughs> and Malcolm finds him out, and then they try to heed him because like he's aware of this good old constantly who's in the shop a lot that Malcolm likes. So he promised to feed him information about her, what she likes, so he can impress her. Mm. But in the end, spoiler, at the end, Malcolm goes a bit too far and she thinks that she's, he's secretly been following her or something like that. Mm. But anyway, yes, that has been Fraser. Let us know what your thoughts are. What do you guys think of the Poppy character? What did you think of the performance of Dan Butler and that? And what do you think of this kind of overall episode? And are you sad that Bulldog didn't get much of a feature in the latter part of the Fraser run? I am. Let us know your thoughts <laughs> and all that. Uh, let us know on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash round Let us know on Twitter, add us or even let us know over on the Rogue Opinions uh, Twitter feed because we're all by Rogue Opinions. Rogue Opinions can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Rogue underscore Opinions. You can find me and Paul's stuff on the both feeds, Scott and Paul's Ramax and Rogue Opinions' feed. They're available wherever you get your podcasts Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you choose to get your podcasts, we'll be over there. Uh, me and Paul do a lot of wrestling stuff on the Rogue Retrospective Review and Rogue Opinions. We do a couple other things. 
Uh, I do I do shows about Marvel stuff. I do stuff about wrestling and other. I have a show called The Rank Bang, which is ranks various things in different categories. We've done one on Star Wars, Marvel, mm-hmm. and we've got a second part of our WWE Champions one coming very soon. We're gonna, I think we're recording it later on this week at the time of recording. We may have already recorded it. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. So you've got time, right? You've got time now once you've listened to this because we're wrapping up. Go listen, to, go listen to part one right now. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Give it to your favourites right now. You're not go doing on, it. Go on. We may not have cake at the moment, but I'm sure we could get cake if you've done it. There's one guy not doing it yet. He said, oh, wait till they won't know. Well, no. We're not doing the outro until you do it. Good. Yeah, they've done it now. Yeah. Also, me and Paul did, like, like for Brian's, we're going to do all of my pies. We already did Holy Grail years ago, so let's go back through our back catalogue amongst all our other Greek content. Like that. And if you, you're mainly come for our wrestling content, then you'll be happy in the next couple weeks because we've got some ideas wrestling-wise. We do. And we've got some like, non-regional ones because also we we'll always have interesting episodes through our eclectic escapades and stuff like that. We are. So, yeah, there's, the reg- you never really know what to expect from Scotland Hall's Round Podcast. It's best to keep tuning in. We have got a crap load of stuff, and you'll find a nugget of joy in there somewhere. Hmm. You know, everyone yeah. will. We have, we, have, we have so much joy to share with everyone. Because we do so many joyful shows. We do indeed. Yeah. And this has been one of them. Thank you all for I joining thought, us. I definitely agree. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our Fraser Ramblings for now. And from Paul, I have been Scott. And from Scott, I have been Paul. And that has been our episode for this week. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my... And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. <laughs>